Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray you're well always. And I do pray you had a very beautiful time over Christmas, which is not ended yet until February 2nd on our schedule with Candle Mass when the light of the world um, will have come. And, um, and many churches have Candle Mass processions. Um, and um, uh, I went to the... Uh, a church we went of course on Sunday and the Novus Ordo Missal uh, on January 2nd said it was Epiphany it, it's just so tragic Epiphany is Thursday January 6th I just wish we would celebrate the Catholic year as God gave it um, and I wish you all a blessed new year um, uh, of course the new year started at the beginning of Lent for us but this is the secular new year, and I know many of you have made resolutions, and I pray that whatever resolutions you have made, they are above all to love more and to come together more as a family if you're in a family. We're in a tremendously awful times. <clears throat> the Latin Mass and sacraments um, have been forbidden in a number of places, uh, mass itself is forbidden without the um, injection, the COVID vaccination, which is not a vaccination. It's a, it's a death serum. Um, and things are going crazy. And how do we live? You might know of Venerable Father John Harden, a very wonderful, faithful, orthodox, heroic priest. And... He did a lot of writing in the 1980s and um, wrote his own catechism. In fact, the Vatican then, under uh, John Paul II, uh, commissioned him to teach Mother Teresa of Calcutta's order. He taught all her sisters and wrote that catechism, teaching them. Um, and it's a wonderful catechism. Um, and he has written many articles, and one of the articles he, he wrote, which I may have read a few years ago, he wrote it in 1988, and it is completely current today. Completely current today. Um, let me just say, uh, it begins by saying, um, the introduction to Father John Harden uh, is that he's an eminent theologian, and began his talk at the National Marian Year Symposium by quoting an article from the latest edition of the Marxist Review on Women's Liberation. And um, these are excerpts from that talk. In 1988, he was warning us about Marxism. And he said it is common knowledge that something drastic has happened to the family. 88 90, 24, 24 years ago. Um, one, 
24 years ago. And he says it is common knowledge that something drastic has happened to the family in the modern world. Why am I reading this now? You know the family's under attack. You know, dear ones, that Our Lady of Fatima told the Seer Lucia that um, the final battle will be for marriage in the family. I fully believe we're in the final battle. We don't know the timing of things, but we're, I believe we're in the final battle for sure. Um, abortion, divorce, same-sex so-called marriage, uh, gender ideology, Black Lives Matter, um, so many things, so many things. This is a war against humanity and specifically against the family. And without the family, there's no civilization. There's no church, there's no state. <clears throat> and so Marxism has been um, affecting us for centuries. And so Father Hardin writes, it is common knowledge that something drastic has happened to the family in the modern world. Countries like the United States reveal such a breakdown of marriage as Western civilization has not known in 2,000 years. There are many reasons for this rebellion against the family and revolution against marital stability, but one of the main reasons has been the demonic zeal of Marxism which has penetrated by now every country of the world. We return for the moment to the few quotations I, meaning Father Hardin, made at the beginning of this talk about women's liberation, which entered the modern world from communism. He says, you cannot read one book by Nikolai Lenin without seeing proof of what I've said. Radical feminism, with its hatred of men and its enslavement of women under the guise of liberating them from home and family, has its roots in Marxist-Leninism, as I learned years ago. Every basic idea of women's liberation that is destroying family life can be found in the writings of Lenin. In many cases, Radical feminism has borrowed the exact words of the evil genius. Evil genius. Evil is not stupid. Evil is smart. Evil genius, who along with Karl Marx, created world communism. Hold on one moment. He continues, family life, Father Hardin continues, family life can only be restored in countries like ours, only by Catholic families living up to the teachings of Christ and his church. Beloved, um, I want to read this because I know that many of you have already lost your jobs because you would be let go if you did not take the vaccination by the end of the year. I know that. Don't worry. God is your father. Do everything you can to earn money, get your own business at home, do people's laundry, teach their children um, in, from school, um, buy their groceries, go on errands for them, bag groceries at a shop, go to the be a postal deliverer, um, join a road construction company, do anything your able hands and body can do. You, God, will never leave. He says, to, by, through King David, God will never have the righteous begging bread. Hold on one moment. Father Hardin continues. 
Well, uh, let me read the last line. Family life can only be restored in countries like ours and only by Catholic families living up to the teachings of Christ and his church. This means two things. First, listen, 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 beloved. Listen to this. Ordinary Catholic families cannot survive. That's the sentence. Ordinary Catholic families cannot survive. They must be extraordinary families. They must be what I do not hesitate to call heroic families. If you're an ordinary Catholic family, just being normal citizens, going to church on Sunday and not committing any major crimes and all of that, you will not survive. Ordinary Catholic families are no match for the devil as he uses the media of communication to secularize and desacralize modern society. No less than ordinary individual Catholics, no less than ordinary individual Catholics can survive, so ordinary Catholic families cannot survive. They have no choice. They must either be holy, which means sanctified, or they will disappear. The only Catholic families that will remain alive and thriving, now listen to this, he wrote this in 1988, the only Catholic families that will remain alive and thriving by the year 2000 are the families of martyrs. Father, mother, and children must be willing to die for their God-given given convictions. Now, there are many holy families alive now in 2022. There are. Um, But they are becoming fewer by the day. Fewer by the day. Families are giving in to pressure, to peer pressure, to family pressure, even to get the vaccination. I don't want you visiting your grandchildren, they'll say, unless you're vaccinated. Don't ever give in to that vaccination. Don't ever give in. Um, it's not only immoral, it is a, it's a death uh, vaccine. Don't ever give in to that. Um, back in the second century, Father writes, <clears throat> well, he says here, let me reread this, the only Catholic families that will remain alive and thriving by the year 2000. Many Catholic families are alive, but they're not thriving. They're not thriving. Um, If they're ordinary Catholic families, they're not thriving. They have many, many problems, many fears, many stresses, many arguments uh, involved in things that are not utterly essential and priority, and they are falling apart. Father, mother, and children must be willing to die for their God-given convictions. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. We probably won't finish this article today, and if we don't, we'll continue it tomorrow. Um, And at the second break, as always, uh, you'll be welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart or email. The toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
Each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. Mother Miriam is a Catholic nun whose humor, holiness, and years of theological training bless all who are in need of encouragement and practical advice. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Mother Miriam Live. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and Live. LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam live on Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcast. God bless you. Listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app, or watch the Mother Miriam live video stream on Facebook by searching the Station of the Cross. That's Mother Miriam live each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked Him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what He has promised us, and what He'll give us through our trust in Him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful if you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day. Please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle, or still somewhat at the beginning, of Father John Harden, Venerable Father John Harden's article on the survival of the family. And he has said so far that normal, average, ordinary Catholic families will not survive. Only heroic Catholic families will survive. And father, mother, and children must be willing to die for their God-given convictions. He continues, back in the second century, the fathers of the church scoffed at her persecutors who were trying to crush Christianity by fire and sword. The persecutors were told the blood of martyrs is the seed of Christians. What the world most needs today is families of martyrs who will reproduce themselves in spirit in spite of the diabolical hatred against family life by the enemies of Christ and his church in our day. And again, Father Hardin wrote this article 24 years ago, and the enemies and the attacks on the family and the church have greatly multiplied. Pope John Paul uh, called this the apostolate of families to families. Family life can be restored in our society only by the 
apostolic zeal of holy families reaching out to other families who are in such desperate need today. The apostolate of families to families. In other words, the sanctification of family life implies two responsibilities, not just one. The personal duty for each Catholic family to grow in holiness as a family and the social duty of working as a family to help other families to remain alive and to grow as families, not in spite of, but almost because of the demonic opposition from the unbelieving world all around them. We are now in a position to ask, what is the role of the Blessed Virgin in the sanctification of the family? In other words, how important is Our Lady in making holy or sanctifying the Catholic family? Her role, I do not hesitate to say, is not only important, but indispensable. And how, Father asks. Mary is indispensable because of her powerful intercession with her son to obtain for Catholic families the graces they need to protect themselves from the enemies of the family in the modern world. Beloved, don't poo-poo this. Um, If you don't have a a good relationship with Mary, think about little children, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and they're desperate and they're frightened and, and... someone will say, run to your mommy, run to your mommy. And the child is so scared, she won't even do that. Little children automatically run. They don't assess things. They, because they can't. The world's too big for them. The house is too big for them. They just run to their mother. They just run for protection to her. Or to their dad, but mostly to their mom. They run. They run for protection. Hide under her skirt. And that's what Mary is to Christians. And if we don't see her that way, it's because we are not yet become as little children, which we must become to enter the kingdom of God. Father Hardin says, Mary is indispensable because she provides the example to Catholic families of the virtues they must practice to sanctify themselves and to save and sanctify others in the apostolate of families to families. Praying to the Blessed Virgin is the first and most fundamental way that families can become holy. And it means, Father Hardin says, at least seven things. Number one, every Catholic family should have some daily prayer which they say together to the Blessed Virgin Mary. The most obvious is the Holy Rosary. Secondly, every Catholic family, at least once, or better two or even three times a day, should recite the Angelus together. We are a religious community, and we are a family. We love each other here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel. So we are a family. We do pray the Rosary every day, and we do pray the Angelus three times a day at six, noon, and six. Number three, Father Hardin says, every Catholic family should make each Saturday of the year a day specially dedicated to the special to the Blessed Virgin, which again we do here. I know you say, well, Mother, stop telling us what you do. You're a religious order. You, can, you have time for this. You work it into your day. It's a struggle for us. I give you that. I know that. 
I know that. But if you're going to survive, again, you must not be an ordinary Catholic family. You must be heroic. This is the time to cease from many of your other activities and come together and pray as a family. Saturday should be something that involves your prayer. Let me read that again. Every Catholic family should make each Saturday of the year a day specially dedicated to the Blessed Virgin. It should be something that involves the whole family each Saturday in honor of Our Lady, such as fasting, litany, the, praying the litany, litany of Loretto, or First Saturday devotions. If you don't know First Saturday devotions, they are given by our mother um, and asked to be prayed by our mother. And look up, do a search on First Saturday devotions. I won't take the time from this article now, but they are important. You can fast. You can fast by just not eating one meal. You can pray together as a family the Litany of Loretto in the evening and take a look at First Saturday devotions. Number four. Every Catholic family should have at least one picture or painting of the Blessed Virgin in the home. Five, every member of a Catholic family should wear a scapular in honor of the Blessed Virgin. Also, every member of a Catholic family should be enrolled in the confraternity of the Miraculous Medal and wear the medal and daily say one Hail Mary and add the invocation, O Mary, it's right on the medal, O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Number six, every Catholic family should have at least some books on the Blessed Virgin in their home and subscribe to some bona fide Catholic magazine, bona fide Catholic magazine, which has articles on Our Lady. Reading about Mary is a sure way of growing in the knowledge of Mary. Knowledge leads to love, and love of Mary leads to becoming an apostle of Mary. 7. Every Catholic family should have at least one small statue of Our Lady in their home. This should become a little Marian shrine, before which the members of the family will say at least one Hail Mary every day. These foregoing seven practices of devotion to the Blessed Virgin are by no means exhaustive, but they are typical of the kind of silent and vocal prayers that Catholic families should exercise if they wish to obtain from Mary what they as families constantly need from her son. Dear ones, I believe every word that Father Hardin has written. And again, he wrote it 24 years ago, and it's it's needed now not to be an ordinary Catholic family. You will not survive. You say, but we believe. We do. No, you won't survive. If you're not willing to die for your faith, you won't live for it. Nothing is worth living for, in my mind, unless it's worth dying for. And I'm not sure how we would do this, but going through this article just now, I was thinking, I think this is the survival plan. Why don't we do it? Why don't we not just restore family life, but we need to survive and become good, holy, strong families again with the right priorities. We need to become that. And I don't know quite how, 
But I love what John Paul II um, uh, suggested as the apostolate of families to families. The apostolate of families to families. You can't help others if you don't help yourself. And sometimes in helping others, you begin to help yourself as well. When we help others, when we reach out, families, if they're starving, if they're broken by all kinds of uh, disobedience and dissent and, and turmoil in their house, you have a heart to go and help them. And you have a heart to go and help them because you believe the faith and you believe God and you're Catholic. Um, and the things you say to them, you need to do. If you tell a husband and wife how to love one another... Um, maybe you could apply that to your spouse. Maybe you're not loving your spouse as much. Um, maybe, dads, you're putting work and other things uh, before your, your family. Maybe you have a men's night out. I would say stop that. Mothers, you have a mother's night out. Stop that. I'm a superior of a little religious congregation. I don't have a night out. I'm a mother. What mother has a night out? Can you imagine the Blessed Mother having a night out, going, leaving Jesus with Joseph? You say, oh, that's a holy family. That's right. It is the holy family. And they are an example for us for how to be holy and how to live. We have them to look to. Absolutely. My heart in reading this article is to do it, for us to do it together. We can, go, we can do this together. We can pray the rosary over the air together every so often. We could um, uh, do the things that this has said. We can recite the Angelus together. Well, not, you know, my, the, the hour of this program is not conducive to that, but it doesn't matter. We can learn it together, and then you can pray it at the right times with your family. To make Saturday, every Saturday, dedicated to the Blessed Virgin, it's, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to do. You just need to begin your day with it. And we pray the Divine Office every Saturday. And it's the Divine Office to Our Lady, dedicated to Our Lady every Saturday. And it says every Catholic family should have at least one picture or painting of the Blessed Virgin in the home. There's no particular painting or further down statue that we need to have. Um, anyone. Uh, if I said, did I just say it was close to the end of the program? I don't know if I said that, but it's not. We have a whole half hour for you to call in, email and text. It's all right. But every home should have some statue. It could be six inches. It doesn't matter. You don't have to spend millions of dollars. Just have a place where you can have a prayer table. I'll help you set it up. We can do everything through Mother uh, Miriam Live. I don't have time to do a lot of things uh, to send out, but let me know. Email, call in, let me know if you would like um, uh, us together to go through these seven points that Father Hardin has and become heroic Catholic families and thwart anything in the way together. Together we are strong. Um, call in, email if I hear from enough people that really want this, we will do this together. I don't want it to be for 12 people because we have families all over the world. 
and I don't want to shut them out. I need to hear from you anyway. Calls, emails, letters, texts, it doesn't matter. We'll be right back. Hey, Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the station of the Cross. If you are looking for a way to grow closer to our Lord, I invite you to visit the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. The rustic setting provides a quiet atmosphere for prayer and for learning about the public communal prayer of the Catholic Church known as the Liturgy of the Hours. The seven canonical hours are prayed throughout the day, beginning with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 p.m. This is Wayne Hepler, founder of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer. You are welcome to join in the prayer at any time or to book the house for a retreat. We are located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. For more information or to book a visit, email info at liturgyofthehours.org or call the retreat house at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. You can also learn more by visiting liturgyofthehours.org. The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. If students aren't taught how to pursue the truth and defend the pursuit of the truth, you're going to end up with with self-censorship. Yes. I mean, I think we live in a time of self-censorship. You're on social media constantly. There is no escape from these echo chambers, from this risk of being outed and shamed and rejected. The Catholic Current. 5 p.m. Eastern from the Station of the Cross and on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. It's our half hour together, and you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at And just before our break, um, we read an article by Father John Harden, Venerable Father John Harden, and he's talking about how to be heroic Catholic uh, and heroic Catholic family, and um, and survive in this increasingly evil world um, where the family is being destroyed, and uh, the enemies are trying to destroy, if possible, Christianity. Of course, uh, no one will ever destroy it. But um, I mentioned that if if you wish somehow for us to do this together, um, uh, somehow let me know. Calls or emails or letters or texts, somehow, if enough people respond, we can go through Father Hardin's plan for heroic Catholic families to keep your family together. But it'll mean great changes in your family. It'll mean uh, living the priorities. It'll mean loving your spouse, even above your children, because children learn what they see. Um, 
Archbishop Chapu once said that the greatest gift a father can give his mother, or rather his children, the greatest gift a father can give his children is to love their mother. And conversely, the greatest gift a mother can give her children is to love their father. Children learn what they see. You can shower them with all kinds of gifts and they will not feel loved. They will only know that they're loved if they see love and if they see it between their parents because that makes them feel secure. Anything else, they will rebel. They'll feel alone. Our toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at We have an email from Patrick who writes, How should I react to a relative seeming disappointed with the gift I gave them for Christmas? My brother is a practicing Catholic, although I would argue that he takes his faith far less seriously than I. I gave him a new large crucifix for Christmas the type that would be perfect to hang somewhere in a home. I thought it was beautiful, the type that I would hang in my own home. While he did thank me for it, based on his reaction, I got the feeling that he was disappointed and would have preferred something else. I don't know how to feel about this. It's a mix of anger, disappointment, and sadness. However, I don't want to hold any unrighteous feelings toward him over his response to my gift. Should I try to talk to him about this to clear things up? Or perhaps I should just let the whole thing pass. It's probably not a big deal anyways, and I could just be overthinking it. Nonetheless, I'd appreciate your thoughts. It's a bit of a big deal, Patrick. Um, You said that your brother is a practicing Catholic, but you would argue that he takes his faith far less seriously than you do. The, The... The beautiful crucifix you gave him might have been more for you giving it to him than him. Uh, If he doesn't take his faith seriously, he may not want that big crucifix. Uh, I don't know if he's married or or single. I don't know if it would impose on the family to have such a crucifix that they don't want to put up on the wall that they didn't ask for. It may seem that you're imposing your deeper Catholic faith on him. Uh, and gave him a a present that you wanted for him rather than something he would want. So he could be disappointed. Uh, I've had people disappointed at gifts I gave them, and I thought it would make them happy, and it didn't. So I misread. I misread them. Um, But in any case, you should not feel anger or disappointment or sadness. That just shows that you did it for yourself and not him. Um, Christ gave himself for us on the cross. Most of the world still rejects him. Does he feel anger and disappointment um, and depressed and all of that because we reject him? No, his heart is broken. His heart is broken because we won't accept his love. But it, it seems to me you shouldn't have those feelings. You should maybe in retrospect say, maybe I didn't. Um, consider loving my brother enough to see what he might appreciate. Appreciate Rather, I gave him what I wanted him to love rather than what he would truly love. And that would show that uh, maybe you didn't have the consideration for him he wants you to. So um, what I would do um, is uh, call your brother or when you see him, 
whatever his name is, just say, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't know if I... Don't say you seem disappointed, but don't call him out on it. Don't embarrass him. Don't do that. Don't make it his fault. Just say, um, you might explain to him that you hesitated before giving him that, buying him that crucifix. You got it because you personally loved it and figured he would too, or, you know, if you love something, others are going to love it. But um, just say to him, I, I don't know that I gave you the right gift, um, and I'd be happy to return it if you wish and get you something else, or you could pick something else out that you'd like. You know, I would do that. Uh, you could leave it alone, or I would suggest that you offer him something in exchange for it without ever mentioning his disappointment. Don't embarrass him and don't blame him. Just say, I, 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 I think I got you the gift that I love and maybe not something that was more practical or, or right for you. Um, and I'd be happy to take it back and you can pick out whatever you want, something like that. Okay, Um, someone writes a text uh, from Anonymous, and they said, I recently discovered your podcast, and I'm interested in learning more about your story and your past work. Where can I find your older videos, writings, radio shows, etc.? And can you please share some of your background for those of us that are new to your show? Thank you, Mother. You can go to our website, which is motherofisraelshope.org, and click on media, and you will see a number of videos there, um, uh, both before and after I became a religious. Um, There'll be a link also to the radio program, Mother Miriam Live. You can also go directly for the videos and archives um, to thestationofthecross.com, thestationofthecross.com, and and see their archives there. So that's just two two suggestions. Um, But as far as my my background, um, I don't know if any of you are near the Diocese of Salina, but this coming Sunday I'm going to be speaking at a women's group and sharing my testimony. So if you're near... Um, I think they they would welcome you. Um, I don't know if there'll be men there. It's a women's group, but I don't think they'll turn anybody away. Um, And it'll be at the Cathedral of the Sacred Heart in Salina. Uh, But just very, very briefly, I grew up in a conservative Jewish home, and um, I was 32 before I learned uh, that... Uh, the Messiah came to earth 2,000 years ago because we waited for him our whole lives. And it was an insanity to me to think that a man can be God. A man can't be God. But due to some very wonderful Jews for Jesus, evangelical Protestants, I learned that I was right. A man cannot be God, but God can become a man. He can do anything he wants. I'm not going to tell him how to be God. I became an evangelical Protestant. Um... And many in the congregation were ex-Catholics, and I spent the next 14 of my 18 Protestant years trying to save Catholics, that they would have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I never knew that there's nothing more personal than receiving him, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. 18 years later, um, through uh, a most agonizing uh, five-year search, I came into the Catholic Church, and that was in 1995. And um, 
and here I am, full Catholic. Um, and when I was 19 years old and Jewish in New York, the news came out that nuns had permission to shorten their habits to knee length, and it was a knife through my heart. I didn't even know the word habit. I don't know what happened. Something electric went through me, and it was my loss. It, I had nothing to do with me, and it was my loss. And then um, a few years after I was Catholic, <clears throat> um, God helped me to form a religious order that would return the hemline to the floor and the habit to the world as the beautiful sign to God that it is. So here we are um, at the moment in Beloit, Kansas, um, and um, uh, under construction for what will be our first true home in Kansas. So thanks for asking, dear one, and you're welcome to go to our website, motherofisraelshope.org, and look at media. And if any of you are looking into a vocation with us, we take women from 18 years old and up. Just go to our vocation um, tab, and you can read our entire charism online. Okay, or write us. Go to the contact button, and you under vocation inquiry, you can write us. Um, we do take, or email us, uh, we do take women of all ages, 18 to 118, we do, but we keep a balance. And right now, we have a perfect balance um, of, of young and old, and we have many, many, over 100 inquiries from older women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and I keep every one of them. And as soon as we get younger women, and we have some coming in, um, then I, I can invite the older women. I want to make sure we have a balance. If someone goes into a large order such as, let's say, the Nashville Dominicans, I mentioned them because I visited them for eight days, there are 18-year-olds and there are 90-year-olds because they've been um, alive and faithful and growing for so long. And when you come into a brand new order, it's not the case. So I want to make sure we have all generations with us. Um, <clears throat> okay, we have an email from Kevin. Hold on a moment. Kevin says, Mother, what will happen first, the second coming of Christ or the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary? Kevin, in Christ. The triumph of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary will come first. When Christ comes all sin, all wars, all evil will be put away, and there'll be peace on the earth. So first, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin. There's a website called Countdown to the Kingdom, and you're welcome to look on that website. You'll get just about all the information on the, um, the current times, the second time, the second coming, the warning, uh, the illumination of conscience, all of that, countdown to the kingdom. Not everybody appreciates that site or approves it, so I'm not giving you church approval. I, I think there's a lot of good information there. <clears throat> we have an email from Carol who writes, Mother Miriam, thank you for your witness. It is always so very moving to listen to you. Thank you, Carol. And she writes, for many years, it was easy for me to read the Bible and understand it. However, recently... I found it difficult to do so. I've pondered it and realized that the door is shut for me to seek out others to explain it to me. I heard you had done Bible studies and wondered if they're still available. If so, 
Could you let me know how to get them? Yours in Christ, Carol. Well, see, dear Carol, if there's a group in your own parish that wouldn't want to come together and have a Bible study. There are many good Bible studies online. And yes, I did write one, but I think it needs to be reprinted. Um, It was initially printed by Catholic Answers when I was on staff with them. It's a 300-page workbook uh, combined with EWTN, a um, a 39-video half-hour series teaching through it. Um, I think we need to have somebody republish that one day in order to distribute it. Uh, But at the moment, I don't have any. Look up um, Scott Hahn. Look up... uh, uh, Oh, I can't think of the names. There are good Catholic Bible studies online. Uh, There's our break. Let me see if I can find one uh, during the break for you. Okay, we'll be right back, beloved. Hi, this is Jim Wright, President of the Station of the Cross. In the letter to the Romans, St. Paul tells us to rejoice in our hope. At the Station of the Cross, we're building hope in 2022 with the goal of growing our message, programming, and reach. Our self-produced shows have changed many lives, and we want to continue to expand our programming this year. Toward this end, we'll be having a two-day live on-air appeal on Thursday, January 13th and Friday, January 14th, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., If we reach our goal of $70,000, we'll receive an additional $30,000 from a generous benefactor. Please help us to get a head start toward our goal so that we can make an even greater impact in 2022. Call 1-877-711-8500 during normal business hours. Donate anytime online at thestationofthecross.com or use your iCatholic Radio mobile app. That's January 13th and 14th, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Thank you, and may God bless you and your family. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um... We have, uh, this is our last segment. Um, Let me just see. Um, Hold on. We were with Carol. Here she is. 
and Carol would like resources on Bible studies. You know, there are fabulous Bible studies, um, Carol, and I'm going to give you websites to go to because they'll teach you your entire faith. You go to Formed. Uh, .org, F-O-R-M-E-D, formed.org, has videos, films, Bible studies, everything you could want. Also, the Augustine Institute, um, uh, augustineinstitute.org, uh, spelled Augustine, Augustine, A-U-G-U-S-T-I-N-E, institute.org. Go there, and again, you will have a, a, a smorgasbord of of articles, videos, Bible studies on the faith. Um, go to Ascension Press, A-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N, Ascension Press as well. Um, there are more. Um, there are so many more. I just don't. The thing, I do not go to Alpha for Catholics. Throw that out. Do not study Alpha for Catholics. I need to say that. It is Protestant, and they have, they thought they made it Catholic. And the reason it's Alpha for Catholics is that it's Protestant who would like to convert Catholics to be Protestant, get them out of the church. So they say Alpha for Catholics. It's not for Catholics. They don't know the Catholic faith. And keep in mind that um, the difference between Pro- Protestantism and Catholicism is not merely doctrinal. It's a way of seeing the Catholic Church is the church Christ established. And anyone that's apart from the Catholic Church, no matter what sort of Christian they believe themselves to be, they don't have the full faith. And they don't see through the eyes, that God, Catholic eyes, that God has given us. So be sure that you stay away from the Alpha Bible study, Alpha for Catholics. Stay away from it. I know that, unfortunately, bishops have required that and given it to their diocese. I will say that anybody who's taken on, is, I, I know that it's even in one seminary, I'm going to say that whoever's taken on Alpha for Catholics is lazy because it's already done and they don't want to bother putting something together. You don't have to bother putting something together. There's beautiful resources online, as I just said. Augustine Institute is fabulous. Um, the Ascension um, Tan Books uh, is wonderful. Um, many, many things. So formed. Um, so look for that. And if you're already in alpha, rebel against it and do not continue. Um, it, it, even if it's come from your bishop, don't do it. Um, find something better <clears throat> because you will be uh, studying things that are it's a Catholicism, Christianity is, again, not just a set of rules or doctrines. It's a way of seeing. It's a way of thinking. And if you go through Alpha, you will become Protestant, even if you say you believe in Catholic doctrine. I want to mention to you that a Station of the Cross has two new affiliates um, uh, in central Massachusetts. Let me mention them. 1230 AM WNEB. That's 1230, 1230, 1230 AM, WN Finance, E, B for Boy, in Worcester, um, and 970, 970 AM, WES for Sam O, WESO in Southbridge, um, and the Station of the Cross 
welcomes the two of you, and I welcome you. Hello, everybody out there in Worcester and Southbridge. God bless you. I'm so happy you're with us. God bless you. And um, Station of the Cross also wants to thank the founders of Emmanuel Radio, Ray Loring, Loring and his family, as well as Cindy Dorsey, for their amazing work building those great stations. Welcome again to everybody. It's a pleasure to have you. It's a wonderful gift to have you as part of the Station of the Cross family. And we think you'll all enjoy every bit of the programming of the Station of the Cross, every bit of it. So welcome, welcome, welcome. It's good to have new members of the Station of the Cross family, and it's good for the families to be part of us. We're so happy to have you with us. Okay, let me see now. So, Carol, um, I hope that answers your questions. Uh, My Bible study is somewhat out of print right now. I, I even looked for it online myself, and it's... It, there may be some old copies, and I see. I saw one last week. Someone selling it for over two hundred dollars. It's just insane. Um, it was on sale for. Um, it normally sold. It was priced at forty dollars, but Catholic Answers usually sold it at twenty nine. Again, it's a three hundred page booklet. It's on the Gospel of Luke. It's titled "The Reason for Our Hope." Reasons for our hope. And it's the Gospel of Luke. I chose the only non-Jewish author of Scripture to teach the Jewish roots of the Catholic faith. And, um, and I've taken in the other three Gospels. So it, it, it has the life of Christ through all the Gospels with St. Luke leading it. But when we come to Jewish themes, Matthew is strong in all of that. So um, somebody, we need somebody one day to republish that. Um, and EWTN, I believe, still has the 39 half-hour videos, so that's where that stands, but there's so many good resources um, for you. Scott Hahn has done many, um, uh, Curtis Mitch, many people. So, okay, God bless you. Type in to your internet search Catholic Bible Studies, you'll, you'll get a ton, but I've mentioned good, solid, orthodox ones to you. And again, not don't go near Alpha for Protestants or for Catholics. I know many Catholics who have been studying it <clears throat> and are angry at me because they completely disagree. And the reason they disagree is because it's helping them to be in the Bible and do a study for the first time. That is fabulous. I advocate that. But do it through a Catholic lens, not through a Protestant lens. Um, Okay, let's see now. Um, Kevin writes, Mother, is it true that there are no African-American saints? No, it is not true. Where'd you get that? He said, I had someone tell me this recently, and it surprised me. Do you know why this might be? Are there any people that you're aware of that came from African-American descent and have ever been considered for canonization in the past? Okay, let me just see this. Um, I'm just looking that up on the internet, and there's pictures here of six African-American saints that are being uh, considered for canonization right now. Sister Thea Bowman. um, Okay, and um, she's among six African-American candidates for sainthood. Um, 
She's the only African-American member of the Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration. She died in 1990 at the age of 52. Um, Hold on now. I would need to do a little um, uh, study online for that because I don't know of any. And it, here's the uh, patron saint of uh, African American African American saints, or the patron saint of African Americans is Saint Peter Clever, um, C L A V E R. He was a Jesuit. Um, so hold on, the first African American saint. Um, he says, was an African priest, American African priest, Father Tolton, T-O-L-T-O-N. So just look things up. Many times I get a question, and I don't know the answers, but my goodness, the Internet we have today, as long as we have it, is so quick and filled with information. It's so terrific. Yes, there are African-American saints. God bless you, and we'll be with you tomorrow.